This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. Kip Adams is floating around here somewhere. He'll probably pop in uh, probably as I'm in mid-sentence. But uh, the uh, the spring is almost over, Rusty. We are getting ready. We're talking to you live on Friday just afternoon. Uh, we're closing in on G-Day on Saturday. And what will be a pretty busy day for us as uh, the black team and the red team take each other on. And we close out the 15th and final practice uh, for Georgia this spring. Uh, Rusty, how is this Friday treating you as uh, – we get uh, a little bit closer to a little bit of football tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, a lot of spring games. I actually watched a little bit of the Florida game last night, and, I, I mean, it shouldn't surprise me with Lane Kiffin's tweet. I mean, this guy, he has no filter. Uh, tweeting at uh, Florida, 7-7 in the fourth quarter, and he kind of gave the fire emoji, you know, and it kind of stirred up stuff. But a lot of spring games tomorrow. Uh, you know, with me, I always say my mind frame is, okay, spring practice is over. Then you transition really quick into coaches getting on the road. And then you start talking about spring practice around the country, specifically in Georgia. Uh, so it goes really quick for me, like from this spring game to to spring practice to um, where the coaches are, where the coaches who they see, you know, during that spring evaluation period is what I think you can really tell who they like and kind of, uh, you know, who they're really interested in. Yeah, I think we're going to get lucky as far as the weather, which, uh, man, it's a good thing G-Day was on Saturday because Thursday and Friday here in Athens have been very rainy, very damp. Saturday or, looks yeah. – or, or last week. I mean, can you imagine they played Augusta in that thing, but Kirby Smart would have been through the roof had they had to play a spring game in cold and rain, um, you know, on G-Day. Yeah, they got very, very lucky with when this fell. Uh, so this podcast is going to be a mailbag before G-Day. Answer your questions. Pulled several off the board. If you're watching this live, drop a question in the comments. We're going to try to get to those as well. Uh, but before we start with the questions, Rusty, uh, you posted uh, this morning on Dogs 247 just about some of the people we're expecting in town. 
Uh, just give us a little overview of what you're expecting as far as visitors that'll be on hand for G-Day. You know, it's, it's a little different than it was, you know, back when Kirby did 93K Day because it was, it was great. I always remember the quote from DeAndre Swift. He was a junior coming out from Philadelphia. Like, man, I, I basically committed that day after I saw uh, how important it was and a big deal. So uh, there's a lot of different things going on now. Some of these kids run track. Uh, there's a huge seven on seven, a big national event in Orlando, Florida. There's spring games all over. But I think when you look at it, uh, the headliners got to be for me is KJ. And I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a couple of names. You can go and get the list on Dolph 247. I think we're up to 30 or 40 kids. And I like to list kids that has a UGA offer or I know is a major target. But you look at Dan, you look at Daniel Calhoun, the 2024 offensive lineman from Walton High School, big six foot six, 350 pound prospect. You look at KJ Bolden. It's a kid I met when he was a freshman at Buford. And I know the, the 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 thought process is Georgia don't get Buford kids, but uh, KJ Bolden is somebody that Kirby Smart has personally recruited uh, for for three years now, and he is a special special athlete. He will be in Athens tomorrow uh, with his mother, and they've made multiple visits there. He's going to take his visits in June, but I like where Georgia sits right now. I'm not saying this is a done deal at all, but. I think Fran Brown, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart, Dale McGee. I mean, they have been, when I say all in on a prospect, a five-star kid, This is the, you know, he loves to compete. He's a big-time track athlete. He can play either side of the ball. Uh, say, I think long-term, uh, defensive back for him, but could play wide receiver and not skip a beat. So uh, there's going to be some big-time prospects there. Um, you know, Peyton Woodyard will be here from California, the uh, defensive back commit. So, a lot of names there. We'll get questions about Dylan Rayola. Dylan Rayola will not be here. He's not going to the Nebraska spring game. He's not going to the Oregon spring game. He has kind of shut his visits down. And uh, he has an official set for Georgia in June right now. He doesn't have any other set. We'll see if he does. But I always get the question on him. When do I think he'll commit by? And don't really have a set date. I don't think it gets into July. I, I'm, I think he wants to get this thing over with where he can concentrate on his senior season and recruit to the school he chooses. Speaking of people who love to compete, we're going to bring in Kip Adams here. Kip, uh, glad to get the uh, camera there working. How is this Friday treating you before, uh, you know, we got a little bit less, or I guess a little bit over a day before we're back uh, in Sanford Stadium again? It's never easy, guys. It's <laughs> never easy. Uh, I had to overcome some adversity there, but I'm stronger for it. And uh, ready to get out there, man. Uh, the weather lo looks like it's going to hold up pretty pretty well right now and and so uh let, let's learn some stuff you know uh watching a spring game on thursday night was a uh, you know i'll never i'll never get used to that uh, i guess uh you know in the sec you gotta do whatever you can to stand out but uh we're you know we're running out of spring games here so i'm starting to get a little worried you know i don't want to think about uh you know that time of the year where we don't have any football going on but uh yeah, ready to see what what we can learn about Georgia tomorrow. Yeah, that that period of time becomes the waiting for Athlon and Phil Still for me and all those other Lindy's waiting for them to come out. That's beach reading that Memorial Day weekend when you get those mm -hmm. um, that Lindy when that Lindy's comes out, it's real. I'm, I got a I can't get to it right now, but on my bookcase over there, I've got an embarrassing stack of Lindy's all the way. I looked the other day, ninety two, I think, with Garrison Hurst. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Lindy's has been my go-to for years. Uh, I very similarly, Rusty, I'm looking at a pile of Phil Sills that go back to 04. Yeah. And, uh, Pollock was on one of those. So it, it's going back a ways. 
Well, going into some of these questions that you guys had, um, and like I said, if you're watching this live, drop some in the comments. We'll get to those as well. I thought this was a really interesting one from Rowell's Dog 10 who asked, will the team that takes the field Saturday be Kirby's most complete team since he's come to Athens? Uh, I'll start with you, Rusty, and then Kip, you can jump in. Just where do you think this team stands as far as um, you know any obvious weaknesses and, and how it compares to some of these past teams for Kirby? Um, it's hard to say, man, because they've had some some damn good teams. Uh, they've been been stronger on defensive side a couple of times than than offense. I felt like um, this is this is how I answer people when they ask me about Kirby Smart. Same way I answer about recruiting. Georgia's always going to be a threat to have the number one class, whether they get it or not. Uh, I feel comfortable saying it's going to be a top three, top four, always under Kirby Smart. And what I see right now out of Georgia they're always going to be a threat for game 15. Now, may not win it, but, I, you know, I feel confident that Georgia is going to have an opportunity to to be there in the end. They're, this roster is deep. Um, you know, we'll see what comes up here. This opening portal, they lose some depth somewhere. There's going to be some players, period. I mean, that's a guarantee. Who is? I don't know. And uh, But there'll be some, some some quality players probably off this roster here in, you know, two one or two weeks. So we'll see where they are depth-wise. But – as far as Georgia's most complete team, I don't know that it is, but I'm confident in saying with their schedule and what I know of them right now, they are a real, real threat to be in that final game again. Kip, uh, what's your take on uh, if this is the most complete team? Well, as far as roster depth across the board, sure. I mean, just increasing the overall talent level. But, you know, for me to say that this team has a higher ceiling as far as their ability to come out and dominate other teams, sure, and the schedule looks pretty favorable as well, but the floor of a football team is, is still going to be at quarterback play. And you can't sit here and say, we know exactly what Georgia has at the position. I know fans have been waiting to see these three quarterbacks for a long time, but they're coming off of, I mean, you don't understand how, how well uh, Stetson Bennett played for Georgia. I mean, the man got to New York uh, for a reason. One of the most incredible performances and maybe the best postseason play of a quarterback, you know, in the college football playoff era. But then, you know, going back to the BCS era, just the the, the way he raised the level of his play is, is something that, you know, Georgia should needs to appreciate and, and might miss at some point. So... I think for you to say this is the most complete team, you, you can't know that for sure. Offensive line, uh, wide receiver, the pass catchers, sure. Like the talent and the depth are, are as good as it's ever been. The linebacker room, the talent there is, I mean, incredible off the charts. Uh, you know, what the upside, but also just the returning experience as well. You got great players in the secondary as well. So I think the depth for sure. The defense, I, I don't think we're at the point right now where – you just you just mark them down, you know. Saying top five on 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 the defensive side of Bono Kirby would, would never admit to that, but I'm just saying we've seen enough under Kirby Smart to know that the top five is probably the floor, and we're, and we're probably underrated them. Last year we kind of did. We thought they'd take a small step back, and it's it was the smallest of steps, if any. You know, they got better in some ways uh, last year on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I, I think uh, we usually go into a season thinking, you know. They're probably going to be pretty good, but it, it's tough to really find out how good this team is until later in the year. And it's just that just goes to show the roster, like Rusty said, that Kirby Smart's built. 
there will be some challenges and going, you know, going undefeated in the regular season like they just did is is incredibly difficult. And sure, it's difficult to do two years in a row, but the roster's built to do that and the schedule looks favorable. So it's, you know, we're going to have to figure it out just based on, uh, you know, what Georgia is and is not able to do on a, on a weekly basis. Keep in mind tomorrow when you're watching this game and we're all reporting on the game that Michael Williams, a five-star, is not playing. Marvin Jones Jr., a five-star, is not playing. Jalen Walker, a five-star, is not playing. So you, you you keep in mind how deep Georgia is, and they have three of the best prospects in the country in their particular classes that will not be on the field tomorrow. So you throw those names in there with this group, and, and it's, it's it's like Kip said, it's, it's deep, deep. No doubt about it. And uh, I kind of lean with Kip on that, and, and Rush, you hit on that as well. As far as that question, I feel like if there was a proven quarterback coming back, maybe you make that argument about how deep this team is. The question at quarterback, I just don't think you can ignore that. Um, a question that's kind of looking big picture, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to keep this in mind watching Georgia back on the field. Mr. Medium Rare asks, Georgia re three-peats if – blank happens in 2023 i'll start with you kip uh, what do you think it will take for georgia to be in a position uh that uh, has never happened before in the college football playoff era if they uh were able to go through and, and win a third straight national title if they have the same starting quarterback that starts game one at the end of the season uh, i like their chances and that, that's not just quality of play that's just also health and we saw with Ohio State, they won a national championship with a third-string quarterback or com coming in there, making multiple changes uh, there late in the season. They were able to do it. But, you know, if, if your starter game one is your starter game 15, and things probably went, uh, you know, the, the way you wanted them to. And so that guy has to know not to turn the ball over. And and so if, if, if a quarterback change is made not due to injury, things probably didn't go the way Georgia fans wanted them to this season. Rusty, what's your take on that question? What needs to happen for Georgia to have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in the sport since Minnesota did it in the 30s? Continue to play good in big games. I mean, Kip touched on it. Stetson Bennett was good. I mean, Georgia had to answer the bail a couple of times against Ohio State. They were down. They had to answer the bail. They got down against Alabama in the National Championship in 2022. Uh, Stetson Bennett was seven for seven. Keely Ringo makes a pick. They score three touchdowns there at the end. Uh, Brock Bowers, you can go on. Brock, the, I don't think people talk enough about the play Brock Bowers made against Ohio State when he stretched out. Like, I don't know how a human being could do that and convert that uh, fourth down uh, to get a first down. So when I say uh, I'm not so much focused on individual stuff, I'm focused on can Georgia keep this thing? You look at Tennessee. Uh, I actually went back and watched the Tennessee game last night and uh, for most part of it. And Georgia has played their best in the biggest games. They didn't play great against Missouri. They didn't play great against Kentucky and all these things. And people, you know, pick those games apart. But when Georgia is on the biggest stage the last two years, they've played their best, minus that SEC championship game against Alabama when they got ran out of the building. And, you know, Kirby said they used that to come back. So, uh, but you look at this Georgia team, this locker room, there's still some kids left, you know, what they're building culture-wise. You know, if Georgia continues to play – biggest games they're going to be um they're gonna have another chance in game 15. let's take a quick break come back and uh, answer some more questions okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back, everybody. Well, this is an interesting question on the uh, offensive line, and I'll rattle off uh, these letters, B4321560. That was a very original uh, username there. Uh, ask, uh, why why are they keeping Amarius Mims at right tackle rather than moving him to left tackle? Uh, Rusty, what sort of uh, the insider or the thinking uh, that you think is the reason they, they left him where he was playing last season uh, rather than moving him to left tackle, that blindside spot. Discomfort there. And obviously I think they feel, um, you know, he's had a lot of reps there. And that would tell me they feel comfortable and a potential, is it is it Blasky, Austin Blasky, or is it, you know, Ernest Green, those guys, they feel comfortable one of those two. I do think that Amarius Mims will get some reps as a backup maybe uh, if things – don't go well. He could slide over there, but um, I think people look at that left tackle position. Um, it's not so much to transition like the NFL. You know, these left and right tackles in college, it's kind of the, you know, it's not so much of a difference the way these offenses and how fast you get the ball out and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he could play some left tackle, but it's obvious to me he's probably more comfortable there at right tackle and why I mess that up. Yeah, it makes sense. And in the case that uh, Ernest Green were to win that job, that's where they were working with the second team last year. So that at least there'd be a little bit of experience with him on that side and Mims on the other side. Uh, I'll answer the next question just because I have had the the heads up since I put these questions in here. You guys can think about your answers for this. 311 Bruja asks, the four best teams in the SEC for 2023 are – and I'll go through mine. One, I still think is Georgia. I think, obviously, they won the last two national titles, got a really good chance at a third, uh, though they will have work to do. I still think I'm putting Alabama number two, um, even though they did not win the West last year. I think they've still got a lot of talent. They've got to figure out the quarterback situation, uh, but I think they're in good shape there. Uh, three, I'm going to say LSU. I think that they're going to push Alabama uh, for a chance to win the West and uh, have a, an opportunity to go back to Atlanta for the second straight year. And then my fourth team, I've kind of been going back and forth, but 
I really want to, I really have a good feeling right now about South Carolina. I kind of go between South oh, yeah. Carolina and Tennessee, but I, I'm leaning South Carolina. I think having Spencer Rattler back, I think they ended uh, the season with some momentum having beaten Tennessee. So I, I think it's a toss up, but I like what Shane Beamer and those guys have been doing. Uh, and I would put South Carolina at four. I'll go um, with South Carolina. You look at how they finished, and it's almost kind of reminds me how Arkansas finished two years ago to get to that ninth game. They beat Penn State in a bowl game. They had everything popping, and things didn't turn out the way, you know, quarterback came back, uh, didn't turn out the way the next year kind of people anticipated. So I'm not saying South Carolina's going to take three steps back, but they do go to, I believe, they go to Tennessee this year. Uh, a couple, I think they go to Missouri. They got a pretty good home schedule uh for them they go to georgia obviously so i think they're going to take a step forward much really going to take a step into the top four i would go definitely georgia alabama lsu uh to me i want to see is tennessee going to continue to take that they got to replace some guys offensively but i do think their offense is so unique and they got a guy that's you know comfortable in there uh look good in the bowl game so I want to see if Tennessee can, you know, take that step forward. Um, everybody overanalyzed Florida last night, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't give you warm and fuzzies um, for what they've got. So, um, you know, and then Billy Napier basically says, look, we're, we're, we're looking for a quarterback in the portal. So you come out of spring practice and the first thing you say in a press conference is that we're looking for a quarterback in the portal. So that's going to be uh, kind of the knock there. Texania, where, where do they go? You know, they got – all this new addition here and um you know obviously coaching staff be a lot of eyes on them they got they got a bunch of young kids that are back a bunch of talented players see what they can do with it but i would go uh georgia alabama lsu and probably uh tennessee would be my my number four right now kip what you think yeah i mean i i think they're there you got tears here and i think georgia right now Kind of got some separation, I think, just the overall, the way the roster is. Uh, us talking about, you know, which of these quarterbacks wins the job. That, that's really where the floor is for Georgia. Um, and I think overall, you know, Alabama's built a pretty strong roster, but, you know, they got to get better at the line of scrimmage and, and also in the secondary. And it's, it's just has not been up to the standards that Nick Saban set, you know, during their dominant phase and they were able to, you know, overcome that at the skill position uh, the last couple of years. But, you know, you, you got to improve overall there, the line of scrimmage to be able to consistently get, you know, in the postseason play. And I, I think it gets real close after that. I, I thought about it, but at the end of the, you know, if, if you're on a coin flip here, you go with the established quarterback. And I just think, you know, what you saw at Jaden Daniels last year, uh, real impressive. I mean, that, he was an incredible uh, player and coming back a fifth year senior, uh, you know, usually in this conference, uh, that means a lot. And I just think that, you know, he was able to take care of the football last year for them. And now coming into year two with Brian Kelly, uh, uh, the sky's the limit for them. I, I think they will push for the SC West title again. I could easily see them in Atlanta. In Tennessee, I mean, it, it really is. You look at the quarterback position. You know what? It, 
it, you know, is Joe Milton able to, to hold off the freshman there? Uh, I think the receivers, they are starting to really get into that, you know, reload phase there at wide receiver. And, and what they've been able to do there is really impressive. You know, I, I like uh, the guys that they have coming back there. I think uh, with Squirrel, Ramil Keaton, they got some guys that are really going to be able to, to make some big plays for them. And at that point, it's it, it kind of gets uh, a little murky there. I think uh, a, after uh, you know those teams, you, you kind of have a, a pretty sizable gap. But I think they're all kind of bunched up. You know, you got Texas A&M, you got Ole Miss, uh, Florida, and I think Kentucky has a chance to. You know, if the, if Devin uh, Leary is uh, the answer there at quarterback, transferring in from NC State, then you know they have a chance to to make a little bit of noise and and, and be pretty competitive there. But yeah, I definitely think you should kind of just bump them into tears right now and know that there's a, you know, that Georgia's in a really good spot right now. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch is how it sort of shakes out because there's no uh, lack of talent with any of those teams we're kind of talking about in those tiers. I will get through a few more questions. Uh, just a general recruiting question for you, Rusty, from Kel Westbrook, who says, if you were a head coach at Georgia recruiting Georgia next year, uh, who are your five must-gets in the state? J just who are some of the players that stand out to you in the state of Georgia in next year's class? Is he talking about 2024 or 2025? So I'm if, guessing I would go 2020, whichever you feel more comfortable answering. Well, I mean, obviously you could name a couple immediately with KJ Bolden and Edric Houston and probably mm -hmm. Daniel Calhoun is a 20, you know, 2024 type kids uh, in the state of Georgia. They've already done a really good job of getting some guys locked up. I, I, Kel says top 24. Kel, I'm going to give you two bonus questions here, too. Uh, on 2025, I'm telling you right now that the offensive line in 2025 is – is Kip's been doing this a long time with me. I don't know that I've ever seen it like this in state. And all of a sudden, we have a six-foot, four-and-a-half, 266-pound kid named Josh Petty show up uh, this week from Fellowship Christian in Georgia, offered him. I found out some stuff on him. He's a state champion wrestler. He's 15 years old. Uh, so 2025, you start looking at those types of things. But you also, with 2024, it, you know, in-state's a little different for me because it's got to start a quarterback and you're all in on a kid from, you know, Arizona and Dylan Riola. You got a kid from the Northeast and Ryan Puglisi. So uh, with Georgia, it's such a national brand. They got a guy coming this weekend uh, running back from Tuscaloosa that I, I really, really like. So, you know, Georgia is not – I know we talk a lot about in-state, but for me – is such a national brand, but you've heard Kirby say it before. We're going to recruit inside out. Uh, but for me, two guys the Georgia, I think, and Justin Green from Mountain View is one of the most underrated players in this class. I'll tell you, I saw him as a sophomore. Uh, I saw him as a freshman. He played in the Georgia League Classic in my all-star game that I'm involved with. He was really good. His sophomore year was not so good. I'll be honest with you. They had a coaching change. Things didn't work. His junior tape, and he got bigger. Kip and I saw him. At the Under Armour thing, I was like, I didn't even recognize him for a minute. He's gotten so much bigger. He is a perfect, for me, five technique. He is definitely a take at Georgia. So there's some names there, but you look at Edric Houston at Buford and you look at K.J. Bolden at Buford, and I know that makes people kind of nervous because Georgia's not done well in the past with Buford kids, but um, I'm on record as saying they're not going over two with those two guys. I think they're going to get one. I would lean K.J. Bolden to me. I think this Edric Houston deal, I think he's a perfect five-tech, five, five tech, which Georgia missed on a couple of those in the last class. People that follow every day know that defensive end spot, such a uh, you know vital part of this defense. So uh, Edric Houston, I think this could come down to, you know, call me crazy, but 
might come down to Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State for for a prospect out of Buford High School and see KJ Bolden can, can commit anywhere. Uh, he'll be in town tomorrow again with his mother and uh, expecting to be back on campus in June. I'll tackle this last question, boys, because it's right up my alley. L Hardy 249 asks, will the list of G-Day basketball transfers and recruits be released? Well, fellas, uh, anyone interested in this, you're in luck. I uh, posted this on our board this morning. Uh, three- I, I actually read that. I clicked, <laughs> on, I clicked on the link and read. I was like, look, this is some juice here from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a nice little get there. Three uh, transfer portal targets are going to be here for Mike White and company. Uh, Ole Miss guard Amari Abram, Illinois forward R.J. Melendez, and South Florida center Russell Chewa. If I'm saying his name right, probably butchered that. But three really talented guys, and I think it's a good situation. All three different positions. I think really if they could get that USF center, that would be huge because the biggest thing this team is lacking is size right now. Um, I noted it in the story, too. They were really successful in their G-Day visitors last year. It was Terry Roberts and Matthew Alexander Moncrief who both joined the team. So it'll be something to follow. I'm not really expecting an announcement or commitments, anything like that right away. Um, But I think it is – Uh, very wise for them to get those guys on campus and try to get them uh, around that football atmosphere and and try to get them excited about being in Athens. Uh, Who went into portal from Florida state kid from pace, Matthew. Uh, What is his name? I know you're talking about, uh, there's a lot of excitement about him and a lot of people are after him. That that would be a monster. Yeah. He's going to be a very highly uh, recruited player, but I could tell from Georgia, Terrence Edwards recruiting at tweeting at him and um, some guys I know at Pace Academy were saying this guy is the real deal. So the Georgia might be wind up being a George Ward tech battle for him. Yeah, Matthew Cleveland, very, very talented basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up this episode, go to each of you, and I'll start with Kip. Um, what is the one thing you want to see out of G-Day? What is the thing that, as you cover this team, if you see this, you think, okay, it was a pretty successful G-Day for Georgia? Less than three turnovers. Uh, I, I think if Georgia's offense is able to take care of the football, regardless of who's at quarterback, make good decisions with the football, and then these young backs hold on to the ball. You know, uh, don't don't let the, you know it get stripped out between the tackles or trying to get a couple extra yards. You got some youth in there that you're trying to you know mix in, especially in the backfield, but at the quarterback position, uh, don't you know? I, I know that the last quarterback. I mean, he was a gunslinger, and he would take some chances. And you remember those those plays where you're like, what is he thinking? But then, you know, he definitely made the big plays that they needed him to. But I think right now you'd love to see, uh, you know, these quarterbacks making good decisions and these running backs just, again, hold on the ball. I don't think Stetson was ever great in the spring game, spring game just to, to, to note. Like, every spring we're like, whoa, dude. So um, I, I piggyback that a little bit with Kip. No turnovers, no injuries. Want to see Dominic Lovett, Rod Rod Thomas, the new guys, see what they got. Uh, there'll be so much. Every single throw by the quarterbacks will be video, talked about, all this. I will remind everyone this is very, very scripted, what you're going to see on Saturday. I mean, there's going to be, they're not going to send blitzes on some plays. They want those quarterbacks to see, see what they can do. They want to give some stuff to the fans to throw it around a little bit. Unfortunately, we don't get to see those two scrimmages they had in the spring. That's where they really did some stuff and found out who's got what. So 
you will definitely get to see some things on Saturday, but I caution everybody not to fly off the deep end if you don't see something crazy tomorrow because everything will be very, very scripted, um, and they will not show a ton tomorrow, especially defensively on their stunts and those types of things. I've mentioned it before, and I'll throw it out again. I, I will pay whatever amount of money to the charity of Mike Bobo's choice if they line up there in fullback, maybe even I, you know, break out Maryland Eye or something. Bowers at fullback, first play. Yeah, don't do that to me. I don't know if the message board can handle that. So, <laughs> Jamie Walker, good point there, Jamie. Uh, shout out to UGA Boom. Uh, getting his collar tomorrow is a big deal, and uh, that man's got a he's got whew, he's got a lot to live up to following following Q to go into his first spring game. No doubt about it. Well, we will have that all covered. Uh, have updates on what goes on at G Day, and do our best too to pass along anything we hear on those basketball recruits, as well as the Georgia recruits that are going to be on hand. But uh, going to be a very busy day, but uh, a nice way to close out uh, spring ball. Uh, so we're going to wrap up this episode. Appreciate Rusty and Kip popping on. Appreciate everybody who listened to this live is checking it out after the fact. Uh, we could not do this without you all support. Do want to make sure and mention we got a 50% off deal right now at Dogs247. So come on because there's going to be all kinds of notes and nuggets out of these next few days. And then you know, once they walk off the field in Sanford Stadium, it kind of turns the attention back to the recruiting trail. And uh, doing that and uh, getting ready for uh, – it's going to be a busy summer, and uh, before we know it, we're going to be in Nashville for SEC Media Days. So on that note, we will end this episode. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out, and until next time, take care. <laughs>